Hello, everyone. My name's Hank Sutolo. And I'm Casey McBride. And we're here with another fun episode of Stir Crazy Shamans. Hello, everyone. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us. We're here with another inspired inspiration of the day talk. We'll name it afterwards because we want to follow the energy of the day and talk about whatever is on your minds and what's ever in the ethers. Indeed. Um, I was just looking at this stone that I have here and I noticed um, this is one of my, well, I think it's going to be one of the ones that teaches my other stones how to do the Hucha Pichai Rumi stuff. But I just now noticed, so it's like kind of a dark stone, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if the no, that won't pick it up. Well, maybe you can see. See those little like speckles throughout it? Kinda. There are all these other little like crystals inside of it. I think some of it's like quartz, but then there's these ones that are like um, like brown. Some are like kind of like a golden. Like so, it's a really fascinating stone. Anyway, I just noticed that as I was like, right as we were starting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was annoying Hank with my other Huchapichai Rui, so I was tapping them in front of the microphone. And yeah, and for, <laughs> for whatever reason, I'm just... <laughs> from <a> t- <laughs> what is going on, Hank? Oh, no. Are we another one of those episodes? <laughs> no, that was all me. That was all me. Though <laughs> um, no, I, was, I was about to say, I'm having like this technology issue with being able to um, stream to the other anyway it doesn't matter i have to do it differently but you want to go ahead and share it to shaman's way and yeah so here with us uh folks while we just um we had a technology glitch and this isn't streaming to all the places that i was originally intending it so we're just taking a quick moment to share and while we do that if you feel inspired to please share the stream uh to your page or whatever uh, or start a watch party if you like and if you are joining us for one of the first times you can now watch all the episodes and comment right on our website so if you go to stircrazyshamans.com the live video is right there you can comment right on our website it's uh, all integrated with youtube if you're on a mobile device sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it always works on desktop and i can't figure out why some mobile devices it works and some it doesn't so just one of those strange Winky dinks. All right, all shared and good to go. Um, so I'm really excited. Hank was telling me that he has this cool thing that he's done before where he takes a, um, a, a crystal singing bowl and you put it on uh, like a pool and it'll float, if I think I remember remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. And then you start to play it and it just makes these like really cool ripples throughout the water. And I we weren't sure if they were going to open up our pool for the summer because of all the COVID stuff. Um, but, uh, my brother came home from work yesterday and as he was walking up, he said, I think I heard people swimming out there. So I'm going to check that out today. And then, um, I was, I made the, um, comment to Hank and maybe it'll happen where we could do a poolside stir crazy shamans episode. <laughs> we definitely could. The one thing that we may have to uh, think about is, um, third parties being in the video. If we need a release or something weird like that, and right? that would be my only thought. Like if we, we have people in the background or something like that, cause we're live, but then again, that gets their fault for walking in the camera shot. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know the legalities of such things, but it's uh, definitely fun that we're going to have the possibility to find out. Oh, <laughs> uh, but um, no, I had a, so we, we, I had a uh, seen a, a well, uh, words. I saw a client out of holistic health and healing. And um, it was the first time I had done 
some more in-depth energy work with this person before it was mostly just massage we never really did much energy work other than the energy that's always kind of naturally flowing i was never really consciously running anything um, but in this session we did and um, i was using uh crystal singing bowls and a tuning fork a little bit and then also just running like sama chikui and doing a few other energy techniques and um she uh <laughs> got out of the room and i asked her how she felt She's like, I feel like I'm drunk right now. <laughs> and, um, and I've had a lot of clients that they either equate it to like, be, well, usually people who um, indulge in or have indulged in cannabis relate it more to like being high, like on cannabis or something. But um, a, a lot of people say that after getting energy work is that they like feel like they are like high or drunk or something. And um, Hank mentioned something really interesting about um, sort of part of the reason at least for like when doing sound healing why that might be so maybe you could share it with what you shared with me well well two things well one um and this is some work from dr john boyu who was a clinical psychologist and wrote the book human tuning and did a lot he's kind of like the godfather of sound healing in the way of like crystal um, not crystal bowls but uh, tuning forks and what they did is they would take a blood draw before and then do a session and then take a blood draw after and they found that in the cells of the body there's a, a Thing called puffing which is a release of nitric oxide and so like all the cells in the body when you're subjecting it to sound healing crystal bowls uh tuning forks it's causing this release so even people who aren't into the all the woo woo stuff like chakras and energy centers and all that they have a physiological um, benefit from this release of nitric oxide which is good for like um, inflammation it's good for circulation pain reduction nitric or nitrous nitric not not the dentist stuff not okay. like not laughing gas nitric oxide okay and the second thing that occurs if you want to google like um, acoustic levitation when you have a water molecule that is in a node which is a still point when two sound waves meet um, that molecule in that little still point will start to vibrate and spin based on the harmonics that it's exposed to and it will make like three-pointed four-pointed 16-pointed stars like sacred geometry so bridging in from the physiological into the spiritual um, that's kind of like sacred geometry happening in the water molecules of your body so that's why you get so blissed out when you do like sound therapy <laughs> but it is it's a uh, you know it's a <laughs> It's really, and you know, sometimes I'll be using sound. Sometimes it'll just happen using, um, uh, just running uh, energy techniques, uh, where people will sort of feel that way. And um, I remember when I first sort of noticed this happening was in, uh, um, like I, I had been for energy healing a few times, but um, also um, uh, in massage therapy uh, when I was going to massage therapy school. Um, when you would get a really good massage from someone who was really present and who just, whether they were conscious of it or not, had a lot of energy um, flowing through them and, and into the work that they were doing, um, you would, I mean, you would get up off of the table and you'd have to like take a minute um, before you really did anything because uh, it, you, it, you literally would have a really strong like body buzz um, after one of these sessions. And um, and everyone in the class kind of noticed that like certain people that work on them that would happen, and um, and then uh, I remember th there were a few times when I first started working doing massage, um, like I remember the one guy, um, he had this like perplexed look on his face, and he's like, he's like I don't think I'm okay to drive right now. He's like I don't know what happened. He's like I like really feel like I'm drunk or like high or something, and um, so yeah, you know it's. Um, uh, but what I think happens as far as like people feeling the really strong body buzz, part of it is just that a couple of things. One, by in massage at least, um, 
we're working all over the body and we're bringing an increased awareness of the energy flow throughout the body just through touch. Uh, but then also for those of us who do actually uh, channel more energy or work with uh, stronger energies than a person's used to feeling in their body, um, it's just sort of, um, how to put it, like, even if someone has sort of a really low base level of sensitivity, there's so much more energy running through their body at that time that it creates that kind of like buzzing sensation. Um, in the body that people equate to like uh, <laughs> being on some kind of substance. Yeah, and going, like I don't do massage, of course, uh, but what, what comes to me with that is people are actually taking a time out of their normal day to sit down and be fully present in the moment with the healer, another actual human being, and not for the purpose of accomplishing anything other than just to be present and receive. And when we're present and we receive, it's not just the energy session or the, the what we're receiving from the healer. We're present in that moment from receiving from our guides, our angels, from source, whether or not you're consciously aware of those things, you're way more receptive. And you have this moment of congruency perhaps where the body the being everything lines up and you have a moment of wholeness and while you're leaving it's just like well i'm not used to this but you could be that you know slap happy all the time <laughs> <laughs> if you were to allow yourself to be yeah um no really uh how to put it i don't want to completely just go on a different well i guess i could anyway so what <laughs> i was thinking was um uh while doing massage um uh, it's funny, sometimes if a person, like, I didn't feel like they were as open to the energy work aspect of it, you know, I could work and like really like spend a lot of time trying to release the soft tissue and all of that. And then other people who are open to it, like sometimes I'll get in because I know they did come in for massage um, and I'll like be working, doing all this stuff, not really like working with any energies in particular. And then, uh, you know, I'll step away. I'm like, all right, I'm going to step away from that a little bit. We'll work on the shoulders instead. And then um, I'm like, oh, okay, uh, there's a couple of beings that want to do some work on that. Are you okay with that? And they're like, yeah. And then whatever, like angels or elemental beings or plant spirits, whoever wants to show up, they start to do it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, something just opened up. And, like all the pain drained away. And I'm like, I don't even have to do any of that massage. I could have just called them in in the beginning and <laughs> we would have been called it a day. But, uh, no, it really is amazing. Uh, like sometimes I, 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 if I get in the routine of it a little bit, I'll sort of forget that I can just call in beings energies to help with the uh, assisting with the release of whatever needs to be released. And um, no, I think the energy work aspect of massage is where the real powerful healing happens. Um, because whether you're consciously aware that you're running energy or you're not, or you're not aware of it, um, you are doing it. Um, and, uh, you know, even if your just intention is that you're pressing on whatever trigger point trying to get it to release, you have energy flowing into that with the intent behind it that's going to release and that'll cause the release. Um, so it's just, I think, taking a little more conscious control and then being increasing your awareness of the energies available to do the work really uh, empowers the work that you're doing. Awesome, awesome. And if you're just joining us, you can make comments uh, and we can respond to it. We just had Michelle checking in saying, hello, hello, we're happy that you're here. Uh, but you can make the comments if you're watching it on one of the pages other than Stir Crazy Shamans or YouTube, we may not see them. So the best place is to comment on the YouTube channel. And you can also watch the live video now from stircrazyshamans.com. So all kinds of new fun technology things. And I also wanted to take a moment, actually, no, continue. <laughs> if it was that was that it for that. Oh, I don't know. I was hoping you would have something to say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, well, the thing that came, which is um, not, not directly related to um, doing sessions for people, but how beings were showing up and are, were willing to be um, 
working with their your client those beings of light a lot of those are our own guides and angels and they're just waiting for us to be asking or allowing of what they could contribute to us and the difference was casey made that person aware of it where they said yeah i'll receive i'll receive from you but you don't necessarily have to go to a healer to be able to say hey beings a light around me my teammates my light team whatever you want to call them i'm open to receiving whatever contribution you have so do people uh, not like the term spirit guides anymore is that something we like i've noticed a lot of people avoid that term it seems like for some reason anybody in access would avoid the term Oh, so it's access people. Well, no, because <laughs> in, in access, you look to use vocabulary that doesn't have as much charger significance because there's a lot more points of view and judgments, con con judgments, con conclusions, considerations, all this stuff about what an angel is, what spirit guide is. Even teammates may have connotations. So the the the. the it's not so much to avoid using the term because it's not a good term. It's to avoid using the term because people may have a lot of judgments or points of view around what that is. Mm. That's all. So it's not really, um, it, it's not nothing personal against the term, I guess. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, um, but no, yeah, absolutely. It, you know, and I will, uh, uh, most of the energy work that I get done on myself is just either like before bed or like in the morning or something or at some point throughout the day. Um, I'll lay down and I'll say, hey, um, and I'll, I know my guides by name, most of them. So I'll call them up by name, like, hey, guys. Uh, can I get a little session right now? <laughs> I need a little bit of energy healing. And they're more than happy every single time. And uh, and oftentimes some really powerful release happens, like really deep, powerful release will happen. Just, and all I had to do was say, hey, can I get a little healing? And um, yeah, so th they're always there waiting for us. And um, how to put it? I think uh, sometimes it's, it's just about our point of view. If you have the point of view that you need to see a physical human in order to facilitate the healing, then you know that'll be a lot more powerful for you. Uh, but if you realize that these beings in spirit are running the same powerful energies that any human could, or sometimes even more because they're not attached to a physical body, um, you know, then that'll be just as, if not more powerful than seeing a really skilled shaman or healer or whatever. Um, not to say we wouldn't love to see you for sessions, but right. uh, just know Casey, that you have the access. Casey in one sentence put every single light worker out of business. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, the thing is, there's the old saying, there's, um, it's a parable, actually, there's like a little seer in the town, right? And they tell people's fortunes, and someone comes running in and tells them, oh my gosh, your house is on fire, and they go running to take care of it or whatever. And one of the villagers, who's a smart ass, says, hey, why didn't you see that in your crystal ball, ball or whatever? And, and they said, it's far easier to look out for others than it is to look out for yourself. And so sometimes it's um it's just when you are looking to facilitate things for yourself because you do have the ego and it's trying to uh, manipulate you into choosing maybe something from lower possibilities. Sometimes it's really good to have a healer or somebody else that can kind of facilitate you through some of those uh, potential glass ceilings, blockages, whatever it might be. I just yeah. had to save the light worker industry, Casey. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, sometimes it does take that person, um, how to put it, uh, you know, helping us to sort of step out of our conscious 
um, comfort zone a little bit and open up to more of the possibility. Because uh, you can, you can get into a routine and sort of get um, stuck in the way of doing anything, even receiving healing from your guides. Um, sometimes someone else coming along and just so, sort of showing you a different way to do things energetically, you can, you're now more aware of more, so you're, you're willing to receive more from your guides. So absolutely, you know. Yeah. Right. And the other thing that was coming to me to kind of add on to that is because we're all one, right? There, there is only oneness. All these, like going to see a healer or working with guides, it's another aspect of you. So I just wanted to frame it in the way that don't necessarily think that you have to go outside of yourself for things because you are all, you're the only one in the room, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, to not facilitate or receive from all these things, it's all aspects of you that you're cutting off from yourself if you're not willing to receive. It's a delicate game because there's different schools of thought. And this is being inspired by a conversation that I had last week now that um, this is coming up, that though you are the only one in the room and you have all the power and the connection to source all on your own at the same time everything else that you witness and that is in the world is all also an individualization and an aspect of divinity and we're having all this experience in this kausai pacha this field of living energy and so the more open you are to being in creatorship with everything not relationship because relationship is separate but being in a creationship with everything it just unleashes this world of possibility and it's not that you're putting the power outside of yourself it is that you are recognizing that you are all these things and you can use those to facilitate greater possibilities for yourself and for the world there that's uh okay it's whew, that was the energy it's done <laughs> that really needs to be said i guess wow i just got i was getting ripples of goosebumps as i said that <laughs> so yeah there we go <laughs> well we are you know um that's really the greatest healing and and the uh to put it um if when we uh go within and discover uh our essence as oneness uh, and we're able to truly be as that um, without any attachment to form or thought or emotion or anything um still experiencing those things while knowing that we are the oneness um, really all suffering and everything else just kind of falls away. We may still experience physical pain or illness or whatever, but if you are truly in that space of non-attachment, of just being as the oneness, um, yeah, suffering doesn't really exist <laughs> in that space. The natural state there is bliss and joy. Right. Uh, and they say that if pain is an experience, suffering is a choice because suffering right. is when the mind starts to amp it up or, or distort it from what it actually is. I think the word in Sanskrit is dukkha. And um, it, it was one of when the Buddha uh, went to give one of his first talks, you know, he'd become, it was enlightened and he had all these like followers and, uh, and they all, people were telling him, you know, you need to talk, teach us, you know, to, like teach us about enlightenment. And uh, all these people thought that he was going to talk at his first talk about, you know, like how to just achieve enlightenment and all of this. And his first talk was just, Dukkha, dukkha, dukkha. Just he talked about suffering, and um, one of the things he said was that um, uh, there's two kinds of suffering. There's the mental suffering, um, and then physical suffering. And he said physical suffering, um, you know, uh, everyone's going to experience that at some point, um, but mental suffering is always a choice. Um, we we create our mental suffering, and no one no one ever has to experience mental suffering. Uh, even in the presence of the most intense physical pain um, or the m most chaos happening around you, uh, you don't have to uh, experience mental suffering. Um, and 
you know, if, was, I, there have been people I've said that to who um, who've gotten really upset and want to defend their suffering. Um, when I say that, uh, I don't know if you've ever come across this. I have. Well, either that or people arguing about who's suffering worse. We've talked about that on the show before where we so get so is, much. Or the example I was thinking of was a little different than that. It was they were um, like uh, it was almost um, like, well, if I could, if it was really a choice, then of course I wouldn't choose to suffer. So, no, that can't be true was really the energy that the, the example I was like sort of thinking. Right. About. Still think they're akin, but I get what you're because like. Um, well, because it's, it goes into uh, victimization again, because because of this, I am that. And if they were to acknowledge that it's a choice, then they would have to take responsibility for where they're at instead of putting it outside of themselves. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, which is akin to the other example. Linda Marie saying, hello, good morning. Well, thank you so much for joining us. If anybody has questions or comments, you can definitely uh, post them in the chat and we'd be honor to bring them up and speak to them because this is as much your show as it is our show <laughs> right <laughs> um <laughs> i think so. what were we just talking about you were giving the example of suffering and people oh. saying if it was if it was a choice then i wouldn't choose it yeah um yeah well it's true isn't it well, <laughs> Well, the, I, thought, I thought there was. Some, I thought I had like a train of thought going there, but I guess well, yeah, well there, there's one more component to that: that there is a difference between unconscious choices that are facilitating your created world versus what you consciously say you would choose. Like, oh, I want to be in good health, yet I don't exercise. Right? I want to be in good health, but I'm getting a Big Mac from McDonald's. So actions speak louder than words. Though conceptually, we might say, I would love to choose all this possibility and this ease in my life and all these things, but everything you do acts opposite of what you say you would like and mm -hmm. so that so the actions and the other than conscious creates your reality instead of what you say you would consciously choose because you're not really choosing it you're saying you would like it but you don't want to do the work the effort or the actions that would facilitate that possibility in your life not speaking you personally but <laughs> right no, but it's amazing with the uh the diet aspect of things so many people are like you know oh you know i really uh you know i'm, I'm suffering from this and so you know i i, I tried taking this pill or that pill and all of this. And like, that didn't work. And it's like, well, you tried eating better <laughs> and how, oh, you know, you know, uh, it's a, anyway, so there's this other supplement I was thinking about taking, like, <laughs> like just eat better food, man. <laughs> right. And what if eating better food didn't have to be hard? You know, like um, I went, we told the story or I've told the story a lot of times I went vegan overnight simply by asking my, like getting in tune with my body and actually asking body, what would you like? And overnight I went vegan. There was nothing hard about it. And I say vegan plant-based. Um, I, I give myself permission that I will choose any time, whatever my body needs, if it feels light or whatever. So technically I'm not a vegan, but I 99.9% .9 of what I eat is all plant-based, but I follow the energy, eat what my body would like, but I'm also constantly doing work where I'm maintaining my um, congruence, I guess would be the, the word through meditation and energy practices and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, <laughs> but I, I saw a post on Facebook. I'm trying to remember exactly what it said. Um, someone was asking, uh, you know, like why, uh, you know, why are people willing to spend $500 on like, um, you know, like pills or some like cream or something like that, that is like supposed to fix their problem. And then that doesn't work. So they spend another like $800 on this. And like when really just a little bit of diet and exercise could solve the majority of their problems. Someone said, well, although it may cost a lot of money, pills and creams are easy. <laughs> you just 
like and you're done. Whereas exercise, you know, takes a little more effort. And, and but then someone put the comment made a comment to that and said, no, it's not that diet and exercise is difficult. It's that um, forming the like, you know, breaking out of whatever pattern you've been in for so long, and then uh, like uh, developing like new healthy habits, like that that becomes. Uh, that can be a little bit of a challenge in the beginning, but once you've established it, then it's absolutely easy. Yeah. We do have a comment from Michelle. She was saying that I have been trying to keep peace for so long. I think it creates my suffering. Mm -hmm. And so one thing to speak to this is if there's a big difference between, let's see where to go with it actually. For one, there's the whole Yoda thing, do or do not, there is no try. If you're trying to do something, is that the energy that you need to be in or is it something different that would actually create a change? Because trying means just that you're not getting the result, you're in the energy of like a cycle. So do something, be something different if uh, trying isn't working. Uh, but then the other thing is, the sense that I get is if you're looking at the world and you're trying to make it peaceful or be pe or all that, that means that you're looking at the world um, potentially with a lot of points of view, judgments, considerations, definitions, conclusions, and all that. That if you can uh, go from the place of interesting point of view that these people have the point of view and take the edge off of that, and then you can hold the space for a different possibility. There's a lot more to this. I'm just kind of giving the um, umbrella overview of it first. And also, um, if you're looking to the world to create peace for you, then you're never going to find peace. Um, the world of form is not here to make you happy, to make you calm, to make you feel peaceful. The world of form is here to wake you up. Um, so, uh, yeah. and are you trying? To get, well, it's like, it felt to me more like she's trying to keep peace versus um, have the world make peace for her. But maybe, maybe you can add uh, a little bit to that so we can dive a little bit deeper into what this is. But I'm going to read the comment again just to get better, get the energy of it. I have been trying to keep peace for so long, I think it creates my suffering. Hmm. Yeah, maybe you can elaborate. What do you mean by keeping? What do you do in order to try and keep peace? Um, what does that mean to you? Because I can see a few different things that that could possibly mean. Right. And then the other thing to just note, just from a word, because people know I'm all about the energy of the words and things, but when you put in the word think to think to it, that means that the, the mental mind is getting involved as well and could be creating all kinds of different things. And I'll use an example for my dear friend, Param, who um, he's he does these talks all over the country called Why Life Sucks, A Global Voyage to Overcome the Misery of Everyday Living. And he's actually going to be a guest eventually. We've just been playing phone tag or whatnot. Uh, but he gives this example of these researchers that go to the island to just kind of look at these people, right? And they they see that the people live in huts. And he goes, oh, they're primitive. And he takes a pair of glasses from somebody in the audience and he puts on his glasses looking at them through the lenses of their primitive. And then he uh, they, they see that they don't wear any clothes and they're like, oh my gosh, these, these people are barbaric. And he grabs another pair of glasses and puts them on and says, now I'm looking at them through the lenses of their primitive and their barbaric. And then they go and take... Uh, use the ocean for their bathroom oh my gosh these people are uncivilized and he takes a third pair of glasses so at this point by the end he has like four or five pairs of glasses he's like can i even see this and so the, the where i'm going with it is what lenses are we using to see the world that we're choosing and what would it take to look at those just with the eyes of allowance that this is every, what this is where everything is now what could i be to facilitate a change here because you're not trying to change anything and things are the way that they are but what could i be to create the space that would 
create something different or a greater possibility. Interesting thought here, right? But um, speaking of lenses, if you removed all your lenses and all your judgments from everything, which is entirely possible to do, and just view this reality completely as it is, without as if it were the first time you were seeing it, um, that's a really in powerful experience just to even look around a room like this um so <laughs> how to describe it hmm. um so like people for example will uh like they, they'll pay a lot of money like people who are especially on like a spiritual path i have a few friends who have done it where they'll pay a lot of money to go to like south america and be guided on like an ayahuasca journey right because it is to them it's like this such a powerful like otherworldly visual and energetic experience that it's like it'll get them to see like beyond the beauty and help them to open up but look at this look at the screen in front of you the trees blowing the wind outside remove all the filters and all of that it's such an intense visual energetic sensory experience if you just remove um all the labels it all is it, it's it's like it's its own like ayahuasca journey but it's reality um I, I don't know how to encapsulate that in words um other than to just yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it, it really is it, this reality is so intensely beautiful just all of the simple colors and things that we would just take for granted as being sort of second nature part of reality really step into the space of just for a second viewing that without any labels really look at whatever it is just directly in front of you look at that and be completely present with it look at the depth of, of beauty right in front of you even in the simplest of objects now she did leave another comment and i already got a link to share here in a moment regarding it here but she was um bringing up that throughout her whole life parents husband making myself wrong so it feels like just to have peace in her inner world and things like that. There is a tool in access consciousness called the clearing statement. And we're not supposed to use it on uh, social media, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, but this is a website where if you want to get information about it, it's called theclearingstatement.com. And uh, it will forward you to a video where Dr. Dane here is talking about this. And I'm going to give it to you in a, an overview. But basically, as you're going through your day and you have this energy of this this heaviness come up, which in shamanism we call hucha, when you have all the these things about being made wrong and or the feeling of, of not being peaceful and all that, you can just say, and all that is, you're just going to destroy it and create it. And then you're going to use the clearing statement, which all spelled out as right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, shorts, boys, and beyonds. Each one of those there's a much deeper dive into what it means, but essentially it's going to all the places where we are in polarization about whatever it is we're experiencing to go to the causes of that, whether it's from this lifetime or another lifetime and stop where the original flow of energy is that has built up all these places where we're feeling ourselves being made wrong or whatever the case is. And then, um, and then that's it. That's what the clearing statement does. So I, I'll let you go to the website to take a deeper dive into it. But you can start to use that to see if it might start to shift your reality. Let me put the comment back up because I'm sure Casey will have some stuff to add to throughout my whole. Yeah. Yep. So um, again, so it was kind of along the lines of I think I think we're both seeing different aspects of this that are both true, um, and some aspect. Uh, so again, it's you know parents, husband, other people you know, doing things to make you wrong and all of that or whatever, whatever the energy is there. But again, you're looking outward at people 
right? Uh, people, events, you know, uh, and you're wanting these people, you know, and again, trying to keep the peace. So trying like, okay, if only my parents and my husband and this person could just be a certain way, then I'd be at peace, right? And, and people do this, not just with people, but with life events, right? Like, you know, oh, if I could just get that job, then I'd be at peace. And then they get that job and it's like, okay, maybe for a little while, that's kind of satisfying. And they're, they're like, you know, oh, this is, you know, I find, I've got it, right. And then a month goes by, two months, maybe it's all right. And then like three months and the year and, and then they're unhappy again. And that, well, oh, okay, well, you know what? If I bought that car, if I just save enough to get that car, then that car will, I will really be happy if I have that. And then they get that car. And again, for a little while, sure, maybe that's satisfying. And then again, it's a state of this, but we have this cycle of always like, once I get to this next thing, once I accomplish this, once this person acts this way, or I achieve such and such, then I'll be at peace, right? We're looking outward to the world of form, to the things, the people, the energies around us in order to create an environment in which we can feel peace. And if that's the way you're looking for lasting peace, you will never find that um, because peace is inside. Um and again, this is all just sort of metaphorical language. It's just words pointing to energies. So in truth, none of what I'm saying is actually true. <laughs> but but uh, pay attention not to exactly the words. Don't get caught up on those, but the energies that the words are pointing to. Um, but how do I put this? I need to quiet the mind for a second and allow the words to flow through. Um, if just for a moment... Maybe we can all kind of follow along with this. Let's do a little exercise. So whatever you're thinking and feeling right now, just become really aware and present and feel whatever you're feeling and really become aware of the thoughts that you're thinking right now. And notice the thoughts change from moment to moment. The things you're thinking about today probably aren't the same things you were thinking about an hour ago. And if not an hour ago, it's definitely not the same things you were thinking last week. Different thoughts are fluctuating all the time. Our emotions. You may have similar emotions, but one moment you may be feeling happy, the other moment you're feeling sad. So that can't be us, right? Could that truly be who we are? No, because they're constantly in fluctuation. So what's the more constant thing here? And again, I've encouraged us to become aware of this. So that awareness itself, can you find that? <laughs> what is it that's, that is aware? We have our thoughts, right? But then there is something that is aware of the thoughts themselves. What is that? Become really present and know that whenever your mind tries to come up with an answer, that's again, just the mind talking to itself. What is there? more permanent than the mind. And there are moments when we're not having thoughts. If you pay attention, there are spaces in between the thoughts. You really become present. And that space in between the thought, what is there? Just take notice. And when you can really become aware of that which is the awareness without needing to become aware of anything, not aware of thoughts, not aware of our feelings. When we can just experience awareness, that which is aware, notice that it is almost like the space. 
the space in the room allows for all of the things within the room to exist. And it is the space of awareness that allows for our thoughts, our emotions, our energies, our bodies, all of our being to exist. But we are not all of the things within the space, we are the space itself. Can you be as the space, even just for a moment? And notice that in that space, there is no worry, there is no excitement, there's no emotion. But out of that space, when you really touch in with it and clear away all of the mental chatter, out of that space of awareness, the pure, unmanifested consciousness with no form attached to it, just awareness as awareness. Out of that, there arises this deep, deep sense of peace. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really great reminder when you meditate or when you don't meditate or anytime you're getting caught up with your own words and things to take a moment and recognize what is recognizing and being aware of that. That is uh, something I can use constant reminders of as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, so we can have a, an experience like that. And, um, and then you'll notice that uh, maybe you can be in that space for a while, right? But then the mind wants to pull you in some other direction. Um, and uh, so uh, really like mindfulness uh, uh, practice is just being in that space and then you become distracted and then returning to that space. And um, really enlightenment, what is enlightenment except for, um, you know, a certain point when you're more present, more in that space than you are distracted by the mind. Um, there'll always still be times when you're distracted by the mind, um, but uh, recognizing that you are the isness, the oneness, and um, never fully identifying with the thoughts, even if you become really pulled along and you're really absorbed in some story in the mind, and whatever emotional storm is happening, you still never fully identify it once you've really seen the isness. You know that that's, none of that's really you. Um, and uh, when you spent, and again, it's sort of like an hourglass thing. Maybe at first when practicing this kind of thing, um, you have maybe a total of a minute and a half to two minutes out of the day where you're really actually present and in that space of being. And then the rest of the time you're involved in the story. And then you practice for a while and maybe you get to a certain point where maybe like 25% of the time you're fully present. Um, and then, you know, who's to, at what, at what person, is there a certain percentage that we can call ourselves really awake and enlightened or whatever? I don't think so, you know? <laughs> so, um, uh, but you just keep working towards it. And then eventually, um, you know, you hit, get to like 49% and then 50% and then 51%. And then now, you know, you're more present than, you, than you're not. 
And um, so, uh, yeah, but no, regardless, you know, it, it is a, a practice to, um, to um, remain in that peaceful, peaceful state. Uh, state and uh, but it is worth practicing, um, and there may be times when it's easier than others. I find when if I, if there's been a long period of time where I'm kind of distracted by the mind and the happenings of the world, and then I first go back into that space, I can remain in that space sort of effortlessly, and I can be there for a long time. Uh, but then after a while, it's almost like the mind is like, "All right, I've had enough," and it gets restless, and then it really wants to like do as much as it can to pull you in and become distracted. But I will tell you that um, you know, not giving in to the mind, and again, the mind's not the enemy here. Um, we can have the mind and have thoughts and all of that, and still remain as the peaceful presence. Um, but um, you know, still continuing to practice and strive toward um, remaining as often as possible um, as being, as the isness, as the awareness. Um, that is absolutely, and I don't want to say endeavor, but it is absolutely something that is a hundred percent worth it. Um, people mm -hmm. sometimes say, you know, um, you know, well, it's really, I don't have the time. It's so difficult. It takes so much effort and it just, I don't have the energy or whatever. And I'm telling you, you do, you, you can. And um, it is so, so completely worth it. Um, because when it does become more second nature to be in that space, um, oh, there, the peace and joy and bliss that you will feel is better than anything the world externally can create for you. Awesome. And just a few people thanking you. Thank you for creating a powerful, peaceful uh, space from an anonymous Facebook user. Oh. And Michelle was saying, that is beautiful. I needed to remember that. Thank you. You guys, have, guys, you have been great to watch. Mm -hmm. And then Linda Marie was also saying, that's awesome. Thank you. And oh, yes. <laughs> I love it. I, thank you. Thank you all for actually following along with that, being open to that. Um, that's amazing. And, and before you offered that, there was one thing you were saying that also is one of the the pitfalls that we fall into of not being present and being in the space where we respond. And that was all I need is the thing they call a job and then I'll be set. And all I need is the thing we get trained at a very young age to always look forward to the future and it fragments us and where we're being and we're not being present in the moment because we are looking at, well, now I'm a kid, but man, once I'm eight, that's where it's at. Right. And then once, once you get there now, well, man, it's when I drive when they're 16, that's it. And then I gotta, no, wait, now once, once I graduate high school, then, you know, I've arrived and I'm going to be like, awesome. No, wait, now there's college. Then there's the wife and there's uh, you know, we're, we're always taught to once I have this, then I'll be set. But what if you're already set? You know, and instead of looking at all the things, all I need is this one little missing puzzle piece in my life, and then I'll be able to be me. Instead, be you now and and see what how the universe will unfold if you do it that way, instead of waiting for the next puzzle piece. Right. And what if you didn't need anything? What if you didn't have to have to do anything? Right. What if you didn't have to do or need anything, right? Because um, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but but listen to the, the difference of that. Rather than like, I don't need to do anything right now. I don't have to do anything. But I choose to make a delicious cup of tea and enjoy it. Right. <laughs> Rather than like, oh, I got to run out the door and do this and like, or you know, or, or if you got to go to work, you know, all right, 
I choose to go to work to have a you know a positive to make money so that I can enjoy things or to have a, a positive impact on people while also fulfilling uh, the things that I desire. Um, it's different than like oh, I have to do this, you know. Oh God, I work that nine to five, you know. <laughs> um, but it is everything. Everything we do is a choice, and we were talking about that earlier. Suffering is a choice. Um, the the your your career is a choice. Um, every single thing in your life is a choice on some level, and that is something that uh, there are some areas of that that get really uncomfortable for people to come to terms with. But it's meant. We're saying this to empower you, right? Because when you recognize and you own the fact that you choose and create every aspect of your reality, then that opens you up to all the possibilities of creating whatever you want, anything. Right desire you can create when you're in that space life happens through you and before you're in that space life is happening to you and you've just gave away your power as a creator because now life's happening to you instead of through you but when it's through you you can choose anything you like nothing is impossible unless you say it is <laughs> and today's that the topic that i the little phrase that i mentioned today of uh, the impulse of the soul came from me starting to read book four of conversations with god and uh I, I highly recommend it if anybody wants to pick it up now and kind of read along with me i'm on chapter five and we're going to be doing a um a conversations with god uh, discussion group later on this month we're going to add a couple just to tackle this book but it's called book for Awaken the Species. It was written in 2016. It might as well have been written yesterday. It's that relevant and that powerful and potent if you want to dive in. And it's about humanity really stepping into their, from the to being a childhood race in the cosmos to really stepping into adulthood in terms of being a more highly evolved being and, and be starting to come from the space of knowing that we're choosing and creating our realities, stopping to pretend that we don't know that we know. Because that's that's really what we're doing. We're pretend pretending to not know that we know, but we know. And now it's time to start actually acting like we do. And see, Linda Marie's like, I try to catch myself and start to chant. I am always in the flow of an ever expanding feeling of well being over and over and over. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that's beautiful. Oh, yeah, you know, and uh, um, we talk a lot about how our thoughts and our emotions and our actions create our reality. Um, but uh, I think something we haven't touched on enough is like what I just sort of guided us through there, uh, being in that space of um, knowing that we are the oneness. And when you realize that you are the space that allows all things to exist, um, when you're creating from that, uh, then how to put it? You really, there, there. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to come up with the with the words that are matching the energy, but they're not wanting to come. <laughs> are you getting the feel of what I'm trying to say, Hank? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> um, well, because I was just thinking about something completely different, so maybe uh, I, I was made that threw you off. I apologize. Could have been. <laughs> well, um, let me finish. Maybe we'll come to you after I do this because I, I, I said the whole thing about book four and I never got to the point of why I called the thing what I called it. But it was talking about that when we really start to follow the impulse of the soul, like we as a species choose the thing that creates more. We choose joy. We choose ease. We choose possibility. But we have gotten so um, 
diluted or, or distracted by all these other things that we sometimes don't feel. But when the chips are down, uh, they give the example that when there's a burning building, uh, people have this clarity of knowing that they're an infinite being, that there really is no harm that can come from them. And that's why humans can run into a burning building to save the baby that they hear crying. Because in that moment, they become congruent and they know that they're going to choose what feels lightest and they're not going to worry about the physical form because you can go just have another one. And it, there's other examples too, but but to follow the impulse of the soul. And if, if you really do that and don't um, allow the mind to, to muck it up, uh, you start to really fast track your creation in this world and that manifest divinity on the physical plane. Yes. And that, that was, well, that was perfect. That was very similar to the energy that I was trying oh. to explain there. Well, then I absolutely knew. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. Um, uh, but if, if we are so identified with uh, the mind um, that we believe that that's us, um, then if you're trying to change the mind with the mind to change your reality, um, that's almost impossible to do. I mean, you can make some uh, uh, changes there, uh, but instead, stepping out of identification with that, knowing that you are the awareness, the infinite consciousness, um, and then using using the mind as a tool for creation, instead of having the mind use you just to keep it identified and sustain its existence, um, there's a completely different energy um, there. And uh, again, it's it's the difference between using the mind and being used by the mind um and that's, Ooh, that's that is a great analogy <laughs> well and that, that's applicable to so many things too like um uh, just thinking about there's a book called communion with god and it's like the 10 illusions of reality when you get caught up in the illusion instead of using the illusion for its intended purpose like to be able to have a, a contextual experience when you're an infinite being and you couldn't have it otherwise if you weren't separated from everything but anyway uh yeah that's a great great wonderful analogy <laughs> yeah and uh, so much more boats you know in everything that you do um you know uh, whether uh you know you work at a telemarketing company or you're a spiritual healer or um you know you're the ceo of some billion multi-million dollar company whatever you do will be so much more empowered if you are functioning from the space of knowing you're the oneness. Um, because then again, uh, the entire power of the universe, the power which allows everything to be, you know you are that, and that is just flowing through you effortlessly instead of being caught up in the idea that you're the separate infinite being. Again, it's one of these paradoxes because we are in this reality of duality where things are separate. Uh, but if we can be simultaneously know that we are in that space, but also know that we are one with the space, the consciousness that allows for all of that to be, then it's you have the power of everything at your disposal. The entirety of all the energy that ever is, was, or ever will be is right here. And you can use that towards manifesting and creating and, whatever you're trying and to do. And I believe that's what I think it's in the Bible. It's definitely in the big book of AA where they say to be in the world, but not of it. And that's what, like, you're you're in this duality, but you are of the oneness. And when you can do that and, and really come from that place, it is just like powerhouse time, man. You can just express into the world and create all kinds of wonderful, marvelous things. And Rishi's Metaphysical Institute boiled it down to um, a, a simple two questions, basically. If you really want to create from that space, there's two questions you ask before you do any one thing or whatnot. Will it help everyone or will it hurt anyone? And if you if you only do things that will help everyone and not do anything that will hurt anyone, you will only 
do choices and things that are going to create for possibility for yourself in the world. <laughs> wow, we've I love the energy of this show today. This has been a powerful one. I mean, they're all wonderful, but this one in particular. Well, much better than the technology written one in the woods. <laughs> Which, and on, on that note, my apologies, everyone, because I there's a number of things that might have happened with that. Not quite sure yet what, but um, one, we our device overheated. Two, I only had a two gigabyte data plan, and because we were streaming to eight locations or more, I think we went through it in like four minutes, and then we got throttled down, and it caused all kinds of problems so <laughs> we, we we have learned from it we won't do that again we will stream to, we will only stream to youtube when we're streaming from the woods so that yeah. being said on that note <laughs> subscribe to the youtube channel um they will we'll probably share of course we'll share it afterwards but we'll only be able to do those streams from uh, to one place uh so we don't like run out of data in four minutes uh so it's going to be the youtube channel so subscribe and turn notifications on and you're sure to get that and my son uh is our cameraman we got the little mebo camera and he was doing the uh changes and everything and we do i uploaded a video to share from that too so um after our hike and this is kind of just a fun nature thing to end on right um after our hike we're walking down uh, after our technology issues and we run across this this is just like a cool little thing so i'm going to play it's about a 30 second video so hang with us here So a couple of things with that one, it was just fun to run. You don't see deer like that just on the path that often. But the, the beautiful thing was like, it was almost as though the whole trail froze. There was a gentleman you could see off in the distance. There were people behind us, a guy with a camera and everybody just kind of froze and just like this, this almond that we were seeing this deer and <laughs> like this, this huge respect for this nature being. And what would it take for us to show that type of sovereign respect for all of our fellow creatures, human beings yeah. and everything? Yes, it was. It was. It was really beautiful. It was. It was wonderful. And, you know, this is the other thing too. You know, there were people. It seemed like before there were people walking, like talking, and all this stuff. And, and even the talking, everything, everyone was just. Everyone became totally present for that moment. And um, yeah, oh, that was so beautiful. But it was. I was walking. We were walking up to it, and it was literally like out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, oh, we almost <laughs> walked right into him. And, uh, yeah. So that was. Um, that was really cool. That was a special experience. <laughs> yep. And Michelle was saying she liked the episode with the three of us uh, with Jameson. Jameson was uh, not feeling up to it Sunday, so we had to go play without him. But we definitely will be. Uh, usually Sunday is um, Jameson Day, and we're, we're all on on Sunday, whether we'll be in the woods um, or online. And if we ever run into that tech issue again, we'll do like that one episode we recorded just with my iPad and then we uploaded it afterwards. It took five hours to upload though. I'm like, oh, I'll post this in like 30 minutes. It like it posted the next day. It took that long to upload. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I do. Uh, I think, well, 
as long as uh, the mosquitoes aren't eating me <laughs> alive, um, <laughs> take advantage and, and definitely do more. But even if they're pre-recorded, you know, I mean, going live is awesome. Like, I really love having the comments. Um, uh, and I don't know if we can, that'll happen as much if we're. Well, if we're only streaming to one spot, uh, Mevo will, sh Mevo is the camera technology that we use to do that. Mevo will, if you're streaming to one location only, it will allow you to uh, see comments. But what I want to say is, even if we decide, even if we're trying to get the technology working, we're not. I think we should still do, and we'll get people's maybe comment for those of you who are listening now. Um, uh, I have the idea of if we just pre-record the episodes, not live, but do them from the woods. Would you guys like to see us in the beautiful setting of the forest and doing ceremonies and stuff and doing stir crazy shamans in the forest, even if we're not live? And if so, what I would encourage people to do is to make comments on those videos, even though they're not live and we can't see them at the time, make all your comments about whatever you're thinking and what, whatever questions you want to ask. And then what we can do is go out to the woods another time and then we can do a whole question and answer video where just whatever your questions are, we can take time to answer like like back to back uh, multiple questions from from what you guys were watching. I think that'd right. be really cool to do. Right. And the other thing with pre-recorded videos, because uh, YouTube and Facebook, sorry, a little shop talk now, but uh, Google and Facebook serve us organically a lot more when we're live. Uh, so when it is a pre-recorded video. Mary, Mary said yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so when, when we do put up a pre-recorded video, it's uh, even more important on those. If you can uh, like it, if you can make a comment, if you can share it, um, it, it will help it get served a little bit more organically too. So if we do more of those, if you could help us out to make sure the video gets um, some more attention from the powers that be of Google and Facebook, uh, that would be <laughs> very appreciated too. <laughs> Uh, well, we're coming up on our hour mark here, so we, we, we want to be Instagram TV. Oh, <laughs> <Above, laughs> yes. Right? So, um, yeah, just one last time, everyone, if you could please subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, like and share the videos, all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. It helps us out. And uh, I just want to say a big, genuine thank you for, um, you know, really, especially the people that followed along with um, that little thing that I, I don't know what, I don't know what to call it, exercise. I call it the presence, um, pre pre I, I made a banner for it as soon as you started, I'm like, really? I, yeah, I, I have this up, presence process, presence for, process peace. for peace. I love it. So yeah. for everyone who followed along with that, thank you. And um, and really, you know, uh, it, if there were a few people who commented and said that they really were able to feel that deep peace that came along with that, know that you, that you have that all the time. That's you, that's who you really are. So, um, continue to uh, practice that and you can make that your reality 24 seven. And if you need another dose of that, this is in the archive. Now you can always go back and watch it again. Absolutely. <laughs> but thank you everyone. And Nike and Nike and Nike. And um, I'll be on two more times today. Once for, Power Possibilities with Sean, which we're live streaming from the Holistic Center. You can attend in person or live. Uh, wait, in person or live? You can attend in person or via the stream. And then uh, tonight is Midnight Meanderings with my brother Brian, which is technically tomorrow, but um, you know, uh, hopefully you're not waking up for it and you can just stay up for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. A Nike, a Nike, a Nike. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm.